Welcome to Capital City Christian Church. You know, we're so glad that you're here on this Labor Day weekend, and we appreciate those who are watching online. This weekend in America is a time we celebrate our hard work, and we celebrate our achievements with a day of rest. This morning, we have the opportunity to celebrate a rest from our spiritual efforts and our spiritual works. See, many of us have tried to get close to God by working hard to be good people. We've tried to not sin. We've tried to do the right things. And most of us have found ourselves really honestly tired from all our efforts. We need to understand we can never do enough. There are not enough good deeds or good words that can save us from sin. Jesus voluntarily died on a cross to defeat the sin that separates us from God. When we confess Jesus as Lord, we are able to rest from all our self-attempts to please God. See, God is pleased with us when we recognize what his son did for us. And when we confess him as our Lord and Savior, that is what pleases God. Are you tired from trying and hoping you're doing enough to be good enough to make God happy with you? When I was a young minister, I had the opportunity to lead music in a chapel service at LaGrange Correctional Facility for Men. I can remember like it was yesterday. I remember as we were walking in, we were led through the yard where all the men were working out. And I remember how they stared at my guitar case and then they stared at me. It was intimidating, to say the least. When we got to the chapel, those men who decided to come filed in quietly. The chaplain told me that there would be a baptism and then we would begin with a few songs, so be ready following the baptism. After everybody was seated, the chaplain went over, over to my right where there was this feeding trough full of water. One man who was very solemn and very stoic in his expression walked up and then he walked into this trough and then he had to kneel down so that the water would at least be up to his waist. There wasn't a sound in the place. Then the chaplain led the man in a profession of faith and then he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I now baptize you into faith and into the family of God. And the man was then laid back into the water, and when he was brought up, he came up with a shout and a huge smile on his face, and the chapel exploded with cheers. The chaplain nodded to me to begin leading in a song, and I'm telling you, never in my life had I ever, nor have I ever since, experienced the power that was in those men's voices as they praised God. I wondered if the roof would lift off as they sang with such passion over this one man whose life was changed by his confession of faith. I could not help but think, must this be what heaven is like? As we've seen in the last several months, the world is going bananas with fear and anxiety. It seems we're paying more attention to the news than the promises of God. Now, I'm not downplaying the concern over our physical health. 
but I wonder if we have forgotten the importance of our spiritual health. See, I believe right now, today, this month, is a great time to celebrate baptism. It is a great time to get baptized. Even amid all the fear and anxiety, and maybe because of the fear and anxiety, we are in the perfect time for baptisms. We have had the wonderful opportunity in recent weeks to see baptisms right here. This means that people's lives have been transformed by the love of God. They have received Jesus as their new life and new hope. Now this is important. Baptism is not just important to us. Baptism is important to God. Now how do I know this? Because Jesus did it. And he said those who followed him would do it. Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And every single follower in the New Testament was baptized. We do not have one example of a follower of Jesus who did not get baptized. I'm going to share a story about a man who wondered about what he was reading in the Old Testament. The man had left Jerusalem after worshiping, and he was reading from a book in the Old Testament called Isaiah. And see, Isaiah was a prophet who God had given a view of things that would occur in the future. He was reading this scripture after the time that Jesus had been crucified and had risen from the dead. In fact, the disciples had received the Holy Spirit and had begun the ministry of preaching Jesus. One of the disciples, Philip, was led by God onto a desert road. And when Philip went onto this road, he came up on this man who was reading, and he was an Ethiopian who was a court official who was in charge of government funds. The Holy Spirit tells Philip to go up and talk to the Ethiopian. Now, this is really just odd on the face of it. First, Philip is sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit in his life that he allows himself to be directed by the Holy Spirit. Philip not only listens, but he obeys. This is kind of a foreign concept to us. I mean, after all, how many of us hear God that clear that he would walk up to a stranger and start witnessing about Jesus? But let, here's a sidebar. The same Holy Spirit that was in Philip is in every believer. The Holy Spirit knew this was the moment this Ethiopian would be open to hear about Jesus. And Philip was needed to share this good news about Jesus. Now, not only does Philip listen and obey, but Philip has to overcome many of his prejudices just to talk to this Ethiopian. See, Philip grew up as a Jewish believer, and his prejudice toward non-Jews would have been ingrained into his core being. Maybe Philip pushed back a little bit. You ever had a conversation like that? You know, maybe he did. Are you sure, God? I mean, I've got plenty of work dealing with the Jews. This guy's a Gentile. And Lord, I don't know if you noticed, but our skin color is not the same. Lord, he's black. And he's a eunuch. Now, if you're wondering what a eunuch is, uh, after the service, you can go to your Google Assistant, and it can help you gain a better understanding. But I will tell you, in Judaism, if you were a eunuch, you were cursed. And God wants Philip 
to talk to him? I don't know if Philip had that internal struggle, but we do know that Philip obeyed. He comes up and he hears this Ethiopian official reading from Isaiah, and Philip asks, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian says, how can I unless someone teaches me? And he invites Philip into his chariot. Now, to me, this is another weird part of this story. Imagine yourself walking on a dirt country road, and you come upon a man in his car reading the Bible. And then you have the courage to ask, hey, man, do you know what, do you understand what you're reading? And then the person goes, well, not really. Would you mind getting in the car and helping me understand? And then you do it on a dirt country road with no one else around? That's exactly what Philip does. Here is what the man was reading. As a sheep led to slaughter, and quiet as a lamb being sheared, he was silent, saying nothing. He was mocked and put down, never got a fair trial. But who can count his kin since he has been taken? Who's this about? And then Philip began to tell him about Jesus. Philip explains that Jesus was the way to God. The sheep led to slaughter, the lamb being sheared, the mocking, the unfair trial. This was about Jesus and what happened in Jerusalem with his death and resurrection. He shared clearly how this prophecy in Isaiah was about Jesus offering himself up as a sacrifice for sins. Jesus did what we cannot do for ourselves, and that was make a straight path to God. Many of us have tried working ourselves into a relationship with God by doing religious things, which we thought would please God. Heck, I have to be honest with you, for a lot of my Christian life, I kept because I never could do it enough, never could do it right. I was not resting in what Jesus did. I was struggling with what I wasn't doing. The prophecy was fulfilled when Jesus voluntarily let himself be mocked, whipped, and crucified as a perfect sacrifice that totally satisfies God's wrath against sin. Now, what was the Ethiopian's response to that? Here's what he says. And as they continued down the road, they came to a stream of water. The eunuch said, here is water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the chariot to stop. They both went down into the water, and Philip baptized him on the spot. All right, now wait a minute. How did the eunuch know to get baptized? It seems like this question comes out of left field. Maybe Philip shared about baptism. Maybe the eunuch knew this was the practice of followers of Jesus. We don't know for sure because we're not really told. But what we do know is this. The eunuch wanted to respond faithfully to his belief that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is Lord. How amazing is this? He believed that Jesus was the Lord that was prophesied, and he voluntarily sought the baptism. This man was convicted by what he heard, and he wanted this life that Jesus had to offer, and he wanted to obey as fast as he could. So what about us? Have you ever been so caught up in the rat race of your job 
or in the rat race of life, you probably ask yourself at some point, is this all there is to life? Living and dying, being in debt and paying bills, and now you throw in a pandemic? And whether you believe in the fierceness of this pandemic or not, it has been a drain on our patience and maybe even our wallets. I mean, is that, is that all that life has to offer? I've been trying hard to live right, and is this all there is to it? Well, the answer is a resounding no. There is so much more to life. There is wonder in everyday life that is found in the relationship with God through Jesus. See, we're created to live a life with God, and deep down, we know this. God has provided that life through Jesus. This amazing life can be found in the love of God who gave up his son so that we might experience a life that is abundant in ways that work in 40 to 60 hours a week can't touch. This man, this eunuch, responded to the message of Jesus, said, Here is water. Why can't I be baptized? He did not want to wait. He probably didn't understand everything yet. But he wanted this life offered by Jesus. What about you? Here's water. What prevents you from being baptized? Why not take this pivotal step of life with God? Now, maybe you have some questions about baptism, so let, let's look at a few. First, what is baptism? What is it actually? Some people think that baptism is the cleansing of sins, and it is, but it really is so much bigger than that. See, salvation is a faith issue. It is settled in your heart. When you confess Jesus as Lord, you are saved. Accepting Jesus as your Lord means you want to live for him. You want to obey him. Your baptism is an outward expression that you made a decision to follow him. The water does not save you. God saves you. But baptism is your declaration of your decision that Jesus is your Lord and you want life his way. Romans 6.3 tells us that when we are baptized, we are baptized into his death. We are identifying with Christ and his crucifixion. And when we come out of the water, we are saying, Christ has risen and so have I. The old me no longer lives, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Do you believe Jesus died on the cross for your sins? Do you believe he is resurrected? If so, what are you waiting for? In the words of the Ethiopian, here's water. Why can't I be baptized? Water baptism is a bold proclamation of your relationship with Christ. It is a public demonstration of something that has happened and that's vital to you and vital to others. Now, how do we get baptized? I've had the wonderful opportunity. I've baptized people in baths. I was personally baptized in a large baptistry inside a church. Some people are baptized in creeks or rivers and some in pools. So what does the word baptism mean? The word baptism literally means to dip, as in dipping a cloth in a vat of dye. 
The cloth goes in one color and comes out another. What a great picture. When you come to Christ, you are dipped into him and his death. Your old man goes in, your new self comes out. You went in gray, you come out the color of Jesus. Now, I know other Christian churches and traditions baptize differently than immersion. But here, we baptize as close to the meaning of dipping as we can. We immerse, recognizing the significance of dying to the old way of living and raising to the new life in Christ. So what are the requirements for baptism? One requirement. Confess Jesus as Lord. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So what's the minimum age? How young can you be? Personally, I was baptized at 12. I have no problem baptizing children who are much younger as long as it's their choice and not something they feel pressured to do. I think sometimes parents feel pressure to hurry them along. No matter what age, the individual must realize the significance of their decision. Each individual matures and understands at different times. And to be honest, it's only the Holy Spirit who can convict concerning sin, judgment, and righteousness. All right, who can baptize me? Pretty much anyone who's been baptized. You don't need a minister, you don't need a priest, or anybody with a man-made qualification. Remember, none of the original disciples had a degree. Right now, your options might be limited to whoever's in quarantine with you, right? <clears throat> the big question. Wow, <laughs> wow. Why is now a good time to get baptized? Why now? That's really the point of this message. We need to ask ourselves, who will we serve? Fear or faith? Now, I don't mean to sound flippant. flippant. I'm not. But this is a serious choice. Following Jesus does not necessarily make you immune to COVID-19 or the flu or the measles or any other disease. But it should help you overcome fear. Greater is he that is in you than any microscopic bug. How satisfying would it be to look back on these dark days and say, that's when I followed Jesus to the water and got baptized. We can redeem the time and seize the day now. Baptism is a powerful act. But in dark times, this message is particularly powerful. Think of those early Christians who got baptized during times of Roman persecution. What a declaration. Now, we're not being persecuted, but these are trying times. We have an opportunity to send a message. My spiritual life is more important than my physical life. I will not be afraid of death because in Jesus, I have been given everlasting life. Life beyond this one. <clears throat> I understood that my three-year-old granddaughter, Peyton, was watching the 930 service. I understand that her words were, I love Poppy, he's a weirdo. 
this is so important to me. That I would give up every moment with her. If that's what it meant for her to embrace Jesus. This is the most important decision that any of us can make. When I think about Jesus, I think about those who I love and who I want to be in heaven with me. Sorry you all have gone off script. But when I think about her and about Lane and about Jackson, my other grandkids, I want them to know this love that I know. And if God asked me to give up every moment with them so that they would come to know Jesus, I would do it in a heartbeat. And as much as I love every hug that I get from them and every smile, I would give that up if they would come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Right now, it almost makes, it almost makes me wish I hadn't been baptized so that right now I could get baptized again and I could live stream it so that Peyton could see it. We have the opportunity now to invite the scared, those who are uncertain, to hear the message of Jesus so that they can respond as the Ethiopian did and get baptized into new life. Some of you who are watching online, maybe you're a little scared to be in public, but yet you want to be baptized. You know, you can call the church. It doesn't have to be during a worship service. You call the church and we can set up a time for you to be baptized. This morning, we're ready for you. If right here today, you would like to be baptized. Look, the water is ready. We have clothes to change into and towels to dry off with. And more importantly, God is ready. He's ready for you to be his child. Ready for you to accept his son Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you already believe. Maybe you've believed for a while, but you haven't got baptized. Look, there's water. What's preventing you? What prevents you from inviting someone else? I mean, many of us have already been baptized. We know how awesome it is. We know a coworker, a family member, a neighbor who has not accepted Jesus. What stops us from inviting them here to hear the message of Jesus? Let's turn these troubled days into something more hopeful and more meaningful than any other thing you can do. I'm going to be down here if today's the day you choose to be baptized. Or if you just want to talk about baptism more, if you want to talk about life with Jesus, we're here. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for that, that incredible act of love where you chose to die on a cross for us. 
So when we accept you as our Lord and Savior, we also receive the life of the resurrection. Father, help us now as we worship you to open up our hearts and to trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen.